0: good morning church, Um, it's good to be with you again today. A couple of things before we get started in our uh, message and our communion time together. First of all, I want you to tell you today that I'm going to use a lot of scripture. I normally don't do that. I can preach a message with one scripture and God's word is so powerful that it can touch a life. But today what I want to do, because I'm going to be talking about a subject matter called confidence. And where does our confidence come from? And what is, how, are you, how are you doing with your confidence these days? And uh, so it's rocked a little bit. We want to talk about that and keep that as high as we possibly can with the Lord on our side. So uh, what I want you to do is either jot these verses down as we go through the message today or get a piece of paper and pencil and make sure you jot them down. You share them with your family and them, may read them throughout the week or whatever to get, kind of give you a little boost in your confidence also want to let you know that we're, you know, and I say this, been saying this for a long time. You know, it's getting closer that we're going to get back together and be a part of this church family again at church with each other. I want you to know that there's basically two sides, and you know what they are. There's a side that is so fearful in things that they're so, maybe not fearful, but they're just concerned about what is happening and taking place. And then there's others that just want to just hug everybody, and I'm probably on that side. And so what happens, there's a lot of people in between. And we know we have to kind of keep a space there, and so we need to be uh, understanding of other people, of where they're at. Normally what happens is I have a view, and you don't like it, or you have a view, and I don't like it, and that's not good either. But we want you to know that we're working as hard as we can to come up with a plan to try to get us back together. The elders are praying for you, praying about this, and they're asking you to pray for them as they work on the plan to get us back together as a church family. Know that we love you and we miss you, and that if there's anything we can do for you and your family, please let us know. Now, we're going to take communion this morning, and we're going to enjoy that time. We're going to hear a song or two, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about confidence today. Confidence in God today. God bless you. Talk to you soon.
1: Together here today with our family to um, listen to Harley's sermon and spend time with our family and spend time in the Word of God focusing and uh, praising and uh, at this time we're going to do communion and we are glad you all are here to join us Alex is going to read scripture and then I'll pray 1 Corinthians First Corinthians 11 24 says and when he gave thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me dear heavenly father we come here today to uh, praise you lord and worship you and to thank you for all that you've done for us lord uh, we ask that in this time that you be with us, uh, keep us healthy, keep us safe. And Lord, please let us not overlook all the good things that you've placed in the world for us, um, all of our family, our friends, our church family, Lord. Um, please let us remember all those things as we uh, take this communion together, Lord. And uh, let us not take all of the, that you do for us for granted. In your son's name, amen. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five says, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Pray with me. Father, uh, we continue our prayer to... Ask that you be with us in this coming week, Lord. Please keep us safe, and uh, Lord, please, all the things that are going on in our world right now. We ask that you uh, just do a mass healing, Lord, for our country, for our world. Um, please protect our people that are on the front line. Our medical professionals, Lord, our emergency services, and all the people that are going to work, Lord, so many things are starting to open back up now. We ask that you um, just make sure that you are in this, Lord. We We definitely need you in our world. We need you to keep us safe and keep us healthy. Lord, please let us not Overlook the reasons that we take this communion, Lord, and that we come back to remember you and remember what you've done for us. In your son's name, amen. Thank you for joining us in our communion, and we are excited to get back to church and be with you all. Bye.
2: Christ the solemn rock I said
0: Well, I'm glad you made it back. It's good to be with you again. Once again, I want to talk to you today about confidence and where we get our confidence. What do you have confidence in? Do you have confidence in yourself? Hopefully you do. But during a time such as that we're finding ourselves in, it's often easy for us to have our confidence shaken a little bit. But we need to know that with God on our side, we can have all the confidence we need to get through this process or get through this pandemic, if you will. Confidence. A little withered old man walked into a headquarters of a lumber company in western Canada one day. He said, I want a job as a lumberjack. Well, the foreman looked him up and down and saw that he was an elderly man and saw that he was a a little man and saw that he seemed to be not capable of being able to fall a tree and um so he told him you know i don't want to disrespect you sir but i think his job is a little bit out of your league and the old man said come on outside so they walked outside and the old little man he grabbed his axe and went over and found the biggest tree that he could find and he began to chop and he fell that tree in the shortest time in a record time the foreman was just stunned And he said, sir, could you tell me how in the world you were able to accomplish that, that you were able to fall that tree like that? Well, the old man said, well, you've heard of the Sierra Forest, haven't you? Sierra Forest, he said. No, but I've heard of the Sierra Desert. Don't you mean the Sierra Desert? Which the old man simply said, sure, that's what they call it now. (laughs) That's confidence confidence we try to have it in our lives and it's good for us we try to teach it to our children we try to teach it to our players on the ball team we try to have it for ourselves as we work at something in life and so it is important when you were little probably like me you learned to ride a bike and i had confidence i had confidence for a couple of things reasons first of all i saw people riding in a bike well if they can do it i can do it hey confidence. I saw the bike itself. It had wheels on it. It seemed like it was doing its job just fine. And so I had confidence. And then I had confidence in my dad. I had confidence in my dad could do just about anything. And I'm sure you did as well. Well, I had confidence until I fell and I skipped my knee. And then it rocked my confidence just a little bit. In fact, quite a bit. And I didn't have the confidence that I did have before. It took me a while to get confidence back in people, in a bike, and even my dad. Sad to say, but it's true. Now, in the church, we have this as well. People come all the time with their confidence rocked for one reason or another. It may be because of something that someone has done to them. It could be the church has let them down. It could be a friend has let you down. It could be a preacher has let you down. Hopefully not, but... Now, I've been known to do that. It could be a mate that has let you down or let you fall and crash. And you're wondering, what in the world's going on with my life? You're bruised badly, your sores hurt, your pain is real, and your cut is deep and your fall is far. And your confidence has been wrought. For whatever reasons, for whatever reasons they might be, you've lost your confidence and you're not really sure that you'll ever be able to get back to what you think a thing is called normal. Now, all those issues are true in our lives, in our churches, and our families, and friends that we might know, or even yourself this morning. And perhaps it's something that we need to discuss in the future and have a, a a series of messages on each one of those topics that causes us to lose our confidence. And maybe that would be really a good Bible class. I'm thinking about that even as I'm talking to you, and I maybe need to jot that one down. But nonetheless, in that process, whatever the reason, you've lost your confidence. But today I want to talk to you about a reason why I believe that we've lost our confidence or we're losing our confidence. Confidence in what it is that God is saying that He wants us to be confident in, and that is Him and Him alone. Although I may not completely understand all things, I want you to know, and I don't, but and you know that, so don't laugh, but what I want to do is I want to let you know there is someone out there that wants to help you get back on the bike, if you will, and allow you to build your confidence back up and be able to finish the race that you are on in your life. And his name is Jesus. Now, many of us, many have let this tiny little thing that we can't even see. It looks like a little rubber ball. If you see it under a microscope, they say. I've seen pictures. You've seen pictures. A little rubber ball with little suction cups all around it. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like a toy that someone, a kid might get in a Happy Meal that you can throw up against the wall or a window and it just sticks. And it's a thing called this coronavirus. That's right. And this virus, indeed, it is deadly. Some 80,000-plus people have succumbed to that, they tell us. But it has shaken us in such a way that we really don't even know what to do. So what do we do? We have now gone through nearly two full months of uncertainty. There's a term that's thrown out there now, and you've heard it, I'm sure, many times. We are in unprecedented times, they tell us we have been told to stay at home to not wear a mask and wear a mask we are to keep our distance from each other we're to wash our hands at least five times a day when we leave our homes for the essential things that we have to have thoughts may run through our minds will i meet someone today that may have the virus and i might catch that virus those thoughts go through our minds don't they So we come home, and we sanitize, and we disinfect ourselves from head to toe, and we question if we've done enough. We wait for a spike to take a dip. We wait for a curve to become a line. And even now, with some restrictions being lifted, praise God, with some restrictions being lifted, many will have their confidence and won't have that confidence back until there's a vaccine. A vaccine discovered will give me my confidence back. But even then, a vaccine, and even with a vaccine, there is no guarantee, is there? No, there's not. So what steals our confidence? I want to talk to you about that a little bit. So what steals our confidence? Oh, it may be a hurt that someone's caused in your life, put on you. It may be something that you failed at miserably in your life, that you just wanted to succeed, but you failed, and man, it rocked your confidence, no doubt. However, actually, that might be true, but however, ever, actually, it could be a thing called, in often, time, it is a thing called fear. That is right. Fear is real in your life and my life. There is no doubt. It can freeze you in your tracks, and it does for many people. Now, as Christians, we say that we believe God's Word. We say that we have confidence, that we have faith in God's Word, and I'm sure that you do. So in this... However, fear and faith cannot grow together. It's impossible. They can't grow together. It doesn't mix. It's like oil and water. It just doesn't mix in our lives. Your fear will always outgrow your faith unless you put a stop to it. And only you can put a stop to it. That's right. Now, so how do I get this thing started? It's a long introduction, isn't it? Well, I'm not quite finished yet with the introduction. But hang on, I'll get there. And don't forget, I want you to write down these verses coming up because there's going to be a lot of them, I promise you. There's a seed that a farmer never has to sow. He doesn't have to because it just comes up naturally. It's a thing called a weed, and you know that. And a weed will choke out the good seed unless it is removed, and you know that. When I was a kid growing up in Michigan, we lived out in the country, and perhaps you had what we had was a large garden. I mean everything in that garden. And we really had to work hard to keep that garden weeded out, if you will. Now, in our tool shed, there were garden tools, such as probably in yours, and there were things such as rakes and shovels and garden hoes. That's right. Now, the hoe has a purpose just like the shovel does and just like the rake does. Its purpose was to chop out the weeds out of the garden. But however, just because there was a garden hoe in our shed didn't mean that the weeds wouldn't grow. That'd be nice, but it doesn't work that way, does it? So my dad would always say to me, we'd go to the, to, to the woodshed. I almost said the woodshed. We went there a few times as well. But we would go to the tool shed. and there in the tool shed, he would say, uh, Son, grab me that hoe over there, will you? And I'd go over, and I'd grab that hoe. And he would say the same thing every time. And I just wish I could hear him say it again. He'd say, when I grabbed the hoe, he would say, now that hoe fits your hand just right. And off to the garden we would go. Now before we would go to the garden, however, my dad would always sharpen the hoe. He would make sure that thing was razor blade sharp. Why did he do that? Was it so that the weeds would be afraid of us? No, not at all. It made it easier for us to chop the weeds out of the garden. Exactly. So if you allow me this morning, I'm going to use that as an analogy of the weeds being fear, something you don't have to plant in your life because they just pop up. They do. What is it then that we can place in our tool shed, our spirit lives, our tool sheds of life, if you will, that will help us weed out the weed of fear in our lives? What is it? Well, remember I just got through telling you that your fear will always outgrow your faith unless you put a stop to it? That's right, it will. So what puts a stop to it? Well, God tells us it's His Word. That's right. His Word does? Absolutely. First verse I'm going to give you is Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, okay? His Word is the whole and our faith our confidence is the action that puts all of this in motion so we can receive confidence. In other words, faith stored in the tool shed will never stop the weed of fear from growing in your life. So how do, how do we as Christians regain the confidence, our faith in God? Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Your faith grows, your confidence grows when you hear the Word of God. How much of God's Word have you been hearing lately? Remember I told you a few weeks ago, if you listen to the world more than you listen to the Word, you will be fearful. But if you listen to God's Word, your faith will be lifted. Now that's how you became a Christian. You and I, we heard the Word of God, and then you took action. Uh, What was the action? That's a good question. What's the action that I need to take? Well, the action was simply to put your faith, your confidence in what God tells you in his word. It's truly that simple. For the world to look at that, they're saying that doesn't make any sense. But God says, oh, yes, it does, because I'm the one telling you that it does. Next verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Did you catch that? It is by grace, the grace of God, that you've been saved through faith. Faith in what? Faith in what God tells you. Why? And this is not from yourselves, not what you do and I do. It's what he did on the cross for us. It is a gift of God. That's the grace. It's the gift of God. Not by works. Why? So no one, not even you, can take credit for it so that no one can boast about it. Look what I did. I get heaven because I did this. No, you get heaven, I get heaven, anybody gets heaven. The only way you get heaven is to accept by faith what Christ did for you on the cross. That's important. Your action wasn't works, it was confidence or faith in what God told you in his word. Now someone's saying, well, what about baptism? Well, hang on to your hat, just a minute, relax. Take a big, deep breath. I haven't forgotten about it, and neither has God. In James chapter 1, verse 22 is the next verse. Do not merely listen to the Word, okay, and deceive yourselves, but do what it tells you to do. In other words, don't just look at the Word and say, yeah, pretty nice. No. What does it tell you to do? Then you take action. Your action came apart. So what did you do? You heard the word of God, and you did what it said. You surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, and you became a child of God. And yes, your sins were washed away during your baptism, there's no doubt, but the weeds of fear in your life and my life somehow keep popping up. We don't plant them, they just pop up. And there they are in our lives. So what do you do now is the question. I've accepted what Christ told me to do or God told me to do. I've accepted his son's free gift of this wonderful thing called grace. But what in the world is going on? What do I do now with my life when this fear pops up? Well, you have to chop those weeds out of your life. And get this, the sharper your, the hoe, in this case, the sharper the hoe is, the easier it is for you to get rid of the weeds of fear in your life. Here's another verse, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active. It doesn't say it's dead and inactive. It doesn't say it's dead and doesn't matter anymore. No, it's alive and active. Now, how alive is it? How active is it? Well, it depends on you and what you do with the Word of God. If you don't hear the Word, you can't be sharp. How do I know that? Because as you read Hebrews 4, 12, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's sharper than any scalpel that a surgeon might use. How do we know that? Because it says it penetrates, even dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. That's right. God says His Word can judge all of those things that's going on in your life. And what he wants to do is chop out those things that you don't need in your life. And one of those things is fear. He wants you to have confidence back. Now, what happens with all of this process that we're going through? All of these months that we seem to be locked up and whatever. Well, here's what happens. This is how I see it. You listen. We listen intently to all the reports of the coronavirus which is important for us to do to a degree. And after after doing that, you normally identify with one side or another, or somewhere in between. We get a mix of, perhaps. And you assess what a person says, you hear it, or you read it, and you hear it, and then in that process you look at it and you simply say, that's the one I believe. And therefore, in that process, it can lead you in a direction that may or may not be in the direction that God wants you to go. And oftentimes, what we identify with by reading it, believing what we've read, we often lock ourselves and hang on to this thing called fear. We lose our confidence. All because of what someone might have said. So. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. Because someone undoubtedly will. And someone will sit back and simply say, that guy's a nut. Well probably, (laughs) a lot of people might agree, but I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. What What I'm saying is this, wise counsel is important. In fact, it's the most important thing that you can get in life, is wise counsel. Wise counsel is important in anything that you do. You want your children to get wise counsel in their life. God wants you to get wise counsel in your life. problem is everybody thinks they're wise, don't they? Here's the thing. How do I know that? Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Boy, have I been caught in that one. How about you? I'm just being honest with you. I thought I've been right about a lot of things. That Well, most of the time I was right. No, 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 I'm not but I find myself being the fool because I thought it was right in my own eyes. But notice it goes on to say, but he who heeds counsel is wise. You want to be wise? Heed good, right, proper, correct, counsel is important in your life. So with that being said, what's next? Here you go. One should listen to those that are trying to give us correct information and the key word there is correct information. Washing our hands often has and will always be the right thing to do. Didn't your mama teach you that when you were a little boy or a little girl? Wearing a mask may be appropriate for some. And the high-risk individuals may need to stay in for a little longer period of time. Respecting each other's space has always been the proper thing to do, has it not? My mom taught me that when I was little. Don't invade people's space. Unless you're invited. Yeah, it's important in that process. But here the thing is, wise counsel is the key. Wise counsel. So seek wise counsel. Check the stuff out. But make sure it's wise. But always remember this. Never forget that God's, God outshines all of man's wisdom. God does. How do I know that? For scripture tells me i can give you several verses be glad to give you more just give me a call and i'll be glad to talk with you about it but here it is psalms 147 verse 5 it simply says great is our lord and mighty in power his understanding has no limit god is not in heaven waiting for someone to come up with a vaccine saying oh i don't know what we're going to do jesus God isn't up in heaven waiting for someone else to come out and give another report. God isn't up there searching all these reports and saying, well, this one's kind of right, this one's not. He doesn't do that. For God knows all things. He knew what was happening before, during, and after all of this takes place in our lives. Please understand that. So what does He call you and me to do as His children? Well, He calls us to walk by faith. And not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. So this is what we do. And here's the heart of the message, and so get ready, because you're going to get a shotgun approach of Scripture. This is what we do. We read God's Word. We say we have faith when we read God's Word, and we do. And I'm sure that you do. And I'm not questioning that fact. So we read God's word and we say we have faith and we say, yes, yes, yes. And then we look at something or hear something from someone else or a report or whatever it might be. And we simply say, but, bingo, the weed of fear pops up in our life. Let me prove it to you. Here we go. In Joshua chapter 1, verse number 9, Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And you say, yes, God is with me wherever I go, and I'm just trusting him. That's great. But what did that report say? Bingo, a weed pops up. And we become fearful because we hear something else. And we often take our eyes off of what God said that he would be with us. Next verse, Jeremiah seventeen seven. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. You want to be blessed? Trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. So we say, yes, my confidence is is in you. And we sing, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Yes, yes, yes. But just a second, I got a text. Uh, What? Those lines are going up bingo, a weed pops up. The weed of fear pops up once again. You see how easy it is for us? Oh, I'm not finished yet. I got a lot. Here we go. Psalms 27, verse number 3. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. you get that? Oh, victory in Jesus my... Yeah, but... Bingo, weed pops up. Isaiah 32, 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. That's what you want, isn't it? I just want to have peace. Its effect, watch this, its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Listen, my friend, I want to tell you today, you can have confidence in God forever because God has told you you can trust Him. He is your strength. But what happens? You get a phone call, you look at another uh, website, you look at another report, or you look at another newscast, and bingo, the week pops up. That's how it happens. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And we say, yes, bingo. Fear pops up again. Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And we're saying, yes God, you've got me in this thing. You hold me and I'm trusting you. And I just love... What? Who said? Did you? Did you hear about... (gasps) Bingo! Weed pops up. Psalms 20, verse number 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah, we say. We trust in the name of the Lord our God, and this is our time to shine, and yet we find ourselves, I find myself at times, going, pff, 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 weed pops up and man at fear begins to overtake me. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this. Oh, being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it carried on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And we say, Yes, Lord, I am confident that what you've called me to do. God called me to this church twenty seven almost twenty next month, twenty-seven years. And I am confident that He's going to complete that. But I hear something, or someone says something, or I even hear someone cough at Walmart. <laughs> Fear comes back into my heart. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we teach this one to our students. And you coaches out there, you teach it to your players. I know you do. We even see it in football games where they write it underneath their eye. Right here, they even put Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, we say. And bingo! Next thing happens, we begin to focus on something else. And fear, the weed pops back into our lives. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 6. So we say with confidence. Can you say this this morning? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. You remember the Israelites. They sat around the little campfire. And they were ready to go. They were ready to fight for the Lord. Until they saw Goliath. And then they were like, wheat pops up. And that one weed of fear overtook them and they sat by the campfire and they let a young, probably teenage boy say, How, why would you let this giant talk about our God that way? I'll be right back. Boom. He walked in faith. He had confidence. He had confidence that God had brought him through other things than God would take him through this. He had confidence. And that's what God wants us to have. So you do see, I hope, that between God's Word, which is life according to John chapter 6, verse 63, that we say we believe are weeds that pop up. And their task is one thing, is to choke the life out of you and me. So what is my encouragement today? My encouragement is for all of us to not let that happen. The end, no, not quite. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence, your faith in God, for it will reward you greatly. Now you might be saying, yeah, that's easy for the preacher to say. That's what they're supposed to say. That's what they're supposed to say. So when they pass the collection plate, they get more money. And don't lose your confidence because God's going to reward you greatly. Yeah, 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 send us on our way. I didn't say that. God said it. Let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36 How plain can he put it? He puts it this way. So do not throw away your confidence. It will richly reward you. You don't throw away your faith. It's going to richly reward you, my friend. But he goes on to say, You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You see, God has a promise at the end of this thing. And his promise is that he's going to reward you and me, those that are faithful, those that don't lose their confidence. The will of God. What is the will of God? Well, 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 I'm glad you ask. Another verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your, what? paths straight. He will make the curve align. Oh, yes. Don't throw away your confidence, my friend. Don't be naive either, though. Or or as Gomer would say, naive. No, don't be naive of what's taking place in our world. It's really taking place. Something's happening for sure. But continue daily in your life to chop out the weeds of fear with the Word of God. Because that's what's going to take... For you to keep your confidence at the level God says that you can have it. Ephesians, watch this. Or let me back up. That in that, in this scripture, the Word of God, this is what's going to give you success in having and keeping your confidence, and that is found in God and Christ alone. Don't ever forget that, my friend. Don't throw away your confidence. Not now. We've come too far. The promised land awaits us. God's saying it's ours for the taking. We've walked around this mountain long enough. We can get through this. We can move forward. We can move forward with great success because our trust is not in chariots, not in horses, but it's in the Lord our God. Amen? All right. A couple more. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. In him through faith... In him and through faith, in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Have you approached God with confidence that he's going to get you through? Have you told God, listen, my confidence has been wrought, but I'm standing on your word, and I'm standing on what it's telling me, and I, for one, am asking you, God, to strengthen my spirit, and may your word come alive in my life so strong that I can chop off those weeds of fear that pop up every day. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 16. Let us then approach God's throne, His throne of grace, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Wow. Let's do that right now. Let's pray together. Oh, Father God, you told us that there would be weeds in our lives that would come along and try its best to choke us out. You also told us how to control those weeds in our life through your word. For it is life And we thank you, Father, for it. May we seek and listen to wise counsel for sure. But may we never forget, Father, that no one, no one outshines you in knowing all things. No one. Forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive me of the fear that I allow to grow within me at times and not trust you more. Prompt us. Prompt me. Prompt us in our Uh, uh, Confidence. Prompt us to approach your throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we will receive your mercy and your grace in our time of need, Father. Father, we know that you love us, for you sent your Son to prove it, to save us, to get us through. You didn't send your Son to die on a cross to bring us this far, to leave us now. No, Father, help us to love and trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing. I was in a writing mood this week, as you can probably tell. As I leave you today, let me say, you remember when Moses was instructing his people as they were going along and trying to get to the promised land? In Deuteronomy, (laughs) it's easy for you to say. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's in verses 4 through 9. Read it for yourself. It's a good one for you to read for your family because it reminds you of what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to do as Christians. And in that, if you remember, it says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he says, then you're to tell this to your children and press it upon your children when you're walking along in and, a and day and night or whether it's your supper table or it, it doesn't matter bedtime make sure you tell them these things that God has shared with us did you ever wonder why he said that to them I'm sure that it's many reasons but I think one is because God knew there would be weeds of fear come up in our lives on a daily basis And if we didn't keep his word out front, if we didn't keep his word active in our daily walk with him, the weeds would choke us out. So yes, it is true that the words that I've shared with you today, they're ancient words. But may we never ever forget, they are ancient words, but they're ever true. Changing me And changing you if we let it. May we also sow a seed of confidence. Confidence in the word of God. Because he promises we will enjoy a great harvest if we do. God bless you my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.
2: you